It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling, brought to you by Zwift. Find your fun with the cycling app where fun is fast. I'm Graham Wilgos. Brad, we're back in the studio. We are. After the most emotional of Tour de France stages. And joining us, uh, you and me are in tears. I'm pretty sure all of Shinoui, <laughs> you are in tears as well oh, at the end of that. Man, I'm all of Anne Shinoui. All of Anne Shinoui. Yeah. Your adopted nation. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling very Dutch today. Doing you very proud on the bike today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. He did everybody proud today, didn't he? Though we did the sport pride. It was an amazing win by Matthew van der Poel. And, and the win was special, but the reaction to it was even more so, mm. I thought. The most human of reactions. Mm-hmm. The most human of reactions. Yeah. Um, and so talk us through it, Brad. So he's he's the new yellow jersey. Yeah. Um, he didn't half do it the hard way. But, I mean, the reason it, it's so emotional is not only is it mm. the first yellow jersey of, of Matthew van der Poel's career um, on his debut Grand Tour, but he's also done what his grandfather, Raymond Polydor, yeah. never did. Yeah. Um, the eternal second. Yeah. Um, eight podium finishes. Uh, and never once wore yellow. No. Um, we met him at the tour, me and Pete, didn't we, two years ago. Sorry, that's for podcast, Pete. Um, and Pete took a photo of me with him as well. I mean, he, he gave me a few yellow jerseys on over the podiums, Dauphiné and Paris over the years. Raymond, he was, he's just such a lovely old man who was um, still fully respectful and in awe of the riders that were coming after him. And I think that reflected in every... Uh, there wasn't any rider within the peloton that doesn't know who Raymond is. You know, he was such a cultural figure in France and such an iconic figure in all the photos that go back because he was racing against Jacques Anquetil. But he, who, he was he was the people's man, wasn't he? Anquetil was sort of seen as the... He was, but but to be alive and be present at the Tour de France always and to, you know, most of those, you know, pictures of Tommy Simpson and, and Anquetil, they're, they're romanticised even more in their death. But Raymond was still alive and, a, a, you know, a cultural figure who was alive and the respect he, he, everyone knew who he was. He had such an I- iconic, unique sort of identity and face. Um, and he was always smiling. He was so, so, so proud of his son, grandson. Um, and they were very close. And um, yeah, as Matthew said in the interview, you know, he would have been very, so proud. He he knew what, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, it was incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. Um, and to, to go on this first time up the climb and take the bonus sprint, and then to attack from second wheel on the last climb up it, it was amazing. I mean, yeah. My son just texted me and watched it. He's his hero and said um, he's never seen something so amazing, you know. It really was the most yeah. amazing of rides. And like we said at the top, they're all... Uh, it almost trumped Julian as well yesterday. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one, one superstar after the other. But he did it the hard way. So as, as Brad alluded to there, he needed the eight seconds the first time round, the bonus seconds on the first time up the climb, the murder Britannia. The fact he went for them, it's remarkable, it's brave, it's beautiful, it's daring. He was he was going for a stage win in his first ever Tour de France, right? That in itself is huge. He's never ridden the Tour de France before yesterday. So he's going for that. 
And then he's thinking, I tell you what, this is a, this is a decisive climb. I'm going to have to get in front. I'm going to have to outsmart them, not just once for the final, but twice to get those bonus seconds. Imagine having the talent to do it twice. Imagine having the athletic ability to go that deep twice. The audacity, the confidence in himself, you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And just to bring it back to the emotion, um, because we're still, I think, trying to process that a little bit. Because when we came on air earlier, Bradley, we were, mm. we were still feeling emotional, we were. weren't we? Because we'd watched him pour his heart out on mm. live television and he couldn't control it. You know, you're talking about the greatness of Raymond Polidor and that's what he means to the sport. Mm. That's what he means to everyone outside of his family. But to realise that this little boy, as he's been all his life growing up, with the legend of what his grandfather has done on the bike, but also that love that he's felt just from a man who happens to be his grandfather. It was his granddad, yeah. Yeah, that it, yeah. it brings all of that emotion into it. So he's not just emulating someone that he worshipped, that he admired from afar. It's someone who has meant the entire world to him. And, you know, we saw him yesterday um, on our show. There was a little feature whereby we saw him dressed in black at his grandfather's funeral, um, at the end of 2019. And that, to me, even just gave me goosebumps, mm. you know? And and knowing that he carried all of that for his family, for his mother, for his father, for his country, you know, all of the Netherlands, right behind him today, and for himself, and ultimately for his grandfather. It was, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps even just thinking about it. This is the kind of moment that makes people who've never watched the sport before look into it from the outside and say, there is something special in there. I'm going to find out what it is. It's absolutely beautiful. If you'd have wrote the script on Friday, how would you? How, what's mm -hmm. the ideal weekend of the Tour de France? I mean, you know, with the big players, Alaphilippe day one, mm. that today you couldn't you couldn't have written it better, could you? Yeah, and the pressure was on. Not no just, one would have believed you had written yeah. it. Well, yeah. the pressure was on Alaphilippe yesterday. It didn't happen for Van der Poel yesterday. He sort of gave it a crack, but, but it was but, meant but to but be then, today, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was almost like it was meant to be. Julian didn't even feature today. And we thought he'd do the same again today, maybe. <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd let you know, him all the way to like, It almost like it, it was fate. It, had, it, it was played out to be this way. Whatever happens the rest of the Tour de France, whoever watched the Tour this weekend, mm. when Formula One's on, when the mm. Euros are on, will probably fall in love with cycling watching that. And the thing is as well, yesterday, the crash, and the first crash in particular, went viral. That's the kind of thing that... In my heart, I don't really like that, that that's what gains attention. I mm. used to work in a sports newsroom that wasn't cycling focused. And as soon as there was a massive crash, boom, that's it. You put cycling in the news bulletin. And that used to annoy me because there's so much more to it, obviously. Yeah. But today is the kind of day you will put that on your news bulletin. You will look at that and you will say, this is what this sport is all about. And isn't it beautiful? All, all eyes were on the race, possibly because of the crash yesterday. And there were a lot of nerves in the peloton too. It was another lumpy day. Um, and you saw the, the foot of the mm. final climb there. It's a 1.8-kilometre climb. Mm. Um, so the teams were going full gas. Everyone had to get themselves organised. Everyone had to get in position. And positioning isn't something that Matthew Vanderpool often does very well. Well, it just didn't seem to, yeah, didn't seem to matter. Mm. But the pressure was on him from a team point of view too, having not got the yellow jersey on day one. I mean possibly his, his last chance to do it with two sprint stages than the time trial to come the next three days. And, and also, you know, any other year or any other stage, we'd be all the talk would be about Geraint Thomas losing 17 seconds mm -hmm. and Britain's, you know, star falling away, if you like. Um, but it's almost overshadowed anything else that happened mm -hmm. in the race. Mm -hmm. It's all about Mathieu today. And as um, you were saying earlier as well on, on yeah. the breakaway, this is the new generation of riders. Yeah. This and, and it's an exciting generation of riders. And we're not saying that as cycling mm. fans, we're saying that as sports fans. These are the kinds of guys, your Alain yeah. Philippe's, your Mathieu van der Poel's, your Walt van Aert's, that you can watch without understanding a single thing about cycling and think that is dynamic. Well, that, that is brilliant. That takes Van der Poel up another level today, yeah. surely, having got the yellow. Well, it doesn't I, I wouldn't jersey. say it takes him up another level. I 
it reconfirms what we thought for a long time. Mm. He he's he's walked the walk, mm-hmm. and he's delivered at the high. I mean, you know, he's won the Tour of Flanders last year. Now, first Tour of France. It, it's he he was always expected to do this, and he's just reconfirmed it. He's the greatest cyclist in the world at the moment. I think he was expected to do it today. Like you say, you know, you, if you were to write the script, this is how it would have gone. The other teams would have been it would have been expecting him to do it too. The other riders would have been expecting him to do it. We were all expecting him to do it. And yet it was still so explosive and so mm. gripping to watch. You couldn't tear, tear your eyes off it. That, the, the last two climbs, not just the last climb. Yeah, but he's, that's why he's the best cyclist in the world. You know? Why couldn't the other riders stick with him today? Why couldn't Alex Because he's Matthew Van He's very, very special, very unique. In this, he's, the, he's now carrying the sport in his hands for the next 10, 12, 13 years. He will be the greatest Dutch cyclist, I think, by the time mm. he retires mm. that there's ever been. And, and don't forget, it's post Rabobank, Bank, post Michael Bolkat, mm-hmm. post Eric, you know, my Eric Decker, and all the stuff that happened with Rasmussen at the Tour de France. Dutch cycling was on its ass, mm. and Tom Dumoulin was the one who was going to bring it back up. He didn't quite live up to that man, you know. But this guy, we were talking just before here, weren't we? All about he's got something else about him. There's mm. a star quality about him. Mm. There's a, there's a there's a there's a guy next door about him. That's what I really like and about a hu- him. That humanized he, that. He's warmed the hearts of everyone. Yeah, because because in the Netherlands, obviously Tom Dumoulin has been such a massive star for such a long time, and um, he's almost this this Mister Polish, Mister Perfection, which he's not. Obviously, he's human as well, and he showed that with taking his break from the sport. Almost too human with of, the issues he's had. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas whereas Mathieu van der Poel is that funky little kid. He's the dude. You know, he's cool. He he, he can dominate any discipline, and 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 seeing how he rides but also now how he's reacted to it you cannot you cannot help but fall in love with it it's the it's the um the the star quality has on the bike mm. the way he rides the, the is aesthetically on the bike is beautiful the aggression he shows the anger he shows when he's racing off the bike it's the adolescence in him yeah 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 it's he switches back to the adolescent child and and he's Julianne's living his own got, dream julian's got it as well mm-hmm. um and that's what makes it so beautiful to watch a real romance to it, isn't there? Yeah. Sometimes it's how they are off the bike that warms people and endears them to them. And that's true of anyone in any sport that rises to the top. Maradona, Freddie Flintov, you know, um, it, it's, 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 it's the human side of them off the bike in interviews that often is what attracts people to them, I think. So it makes you fall in love with them. Yeah. yeah. But like Murray crying at Wimbledon. I know after losing to exactly. Federer, I know he lost yeah. that. And, and subsequently, obviously, that was the, the yeah. summer. Gaza he, he and Tally 90, yeah. you know, it's, it's quite often that. People love that. That's what endears people to, to warms them. Well, whether he was crying from emotional exhaustion or, or just all out exhaustion, he went all in to win it. Here is how Carlton Kirby called it for us on Eurosport and GCN Plus. Suddenly the incline is coming his way and I'm inclined to think we're looking at a great ride here by this man. Disappointment for him yesterday and he's turned it into joy today and it's going to be minor places for absolutely everybody else in his wake. Matthew van der Poel has done it here surely. 250 minutes to go. It flattens out. This is Christopher Mill as far as he's concerned and he's grinding it home fabulous four hours and nearly 20 minutes of supreme action it had to be a classy rider that would win it at the end of the day and there's none bigger than this man just stand next to him and he'll be looking down at you you can be sure Roglic picks it up in his wake thank you very much he says but Roglic is, is now still engaged and this is for bonus seconds no throw at the line significantly with Danny Bocaccia just coming across it ahead of Primoz Roglic I guess it was as you were the cream will rise to the top and what a fabulous day we have had Brad you've ridden uh, the Mer 
de Bretagne before. Um, finished 10th in 2011 yes, before you crashed yep, out. Yep. Give us an idea of, of what that climb is, is like to ride. It's the Alpe d'Huez of Brittany. Race into the climb. So you hit the climb already gassed. And then you found your position and it's, it's fairly narrow. And then it's two kilometres. There's normally a pause or like today, you know, Richie Port took it out. And it is just um, what we call it's like a capacity effort. It's just, you know, your flat stick basically all the way up. Or it feels like that if you're 20 men back because you, you head down the whole time and people are going past you sort of that way. You're getting dropped and you sort of feed your way through it. And if you look up at some point, there's a gap like Grant Thomas found today. And it's just a, a leg burner all the way to the line. And, and and when you're riding up it like that and you're in that position doing that, you realise um, it, it's, it's flat stick from the bottom. And so when you get to the finish, someone like Geraint today who's got dropped and thought, God, I just couldn't go with that group. There's a guy off the front as well who's been off the front of the lap before as well. It it it, it demoralises you, you know, and I think that's what, to think those guys were getting dropped today, G lost 17 seconds, yet Vanderpol took eight. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. So Pogacar finished second, Roglic finished third. Every player like, was like you say. Thing. So even though, even though Thomas was there at the at the bottom of the final climb in such Fourth a short wheel. such a short space mm. of time, having his teammates around him as well, all of a sudden it completely exploded. Um, and comparing that to when you would have ridden, you would have had your teammates around you more or less to the last second. I started quite far back from. I seem to remember. Yeah. 20th wheel or something. Um, yeah, it was. Um, why, I think, yeah. Why did Thomas lose so much today? Well, by we don't comparison? know if he had an incident or there's something happened, but he was right there. The way he looked when he came across the line, he looked. I know when I know what G's like. I can I can, I can see his body language and the way his facial f- expressions and he you know he always labours that gear anyway. G sits far on the saddle, but he didn't look like the normal self. He didn't look like his normal self. I mm-hmm. said with the laps ago, I think G could win this because. Mm-hmm. The explosion he has when he's on form, like he did a few years ago on Alpe d'Huez, and that is it's quite impressive. And off the back of the Dauphiné and the way he went out that corner at the Dauphiné and won that stage, I thought that you know he would be right up there today. But for whatever reason, whether there was an incident that happened that caused him to be that, or whether it was his legs, we'll find out in due time. But um, even before the climb, you know, the the, the effort Kwiatkowski was making, Richie Port was pulling faces behind as well. It was and, you could and this see is the guy how who won the Dauphiné, who we thought might be an outsider to win the Tour. So Ineos. It, it just the you know that with with these guys now you know the Van Arts and Julian Alaphilippe, Hershey, um, Pogacar, the way they're racing already, um, are the days of Ineos, Team Sky, and taking the control of the race and the dominance over now because of the, the, the whole pattern of race, the way the style of racing has changed. Has that textbook now been ripped up? Maybe we said that. Yeah, yeah. It's the way that it's been, been yeah. accepted to do for such a long time. Yeah. Jumbo Visma tried to replicate it last mm. year. I mean, they're not able to do that this year yeah. anyway. But, it looks um, that way. Yeah, it looks like it's a, a different way to win the Tour now. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it? it's brilliant to watch. Great. Thomas is 41 seconds down on GC now. Carapaz 31 seconds. So a not a great opening weekend no. for Ineos, but if we've learned anything from the last few Grand Tours is that they can bounce back and they, they probably yeah, will look, bounce back. Only, yeah, we've got three weeks to go now, haven't we? Um, but it's not an ideal start. And, Tell you what, you the know, time trial is going to well, be um, yeah. probably more important now than ever, isn't it? Yeah, I think outside of the Van der Poels and the Ella Philippe's and all that, when you look at it, um, Pogacar looks like the one who's trying to force it a bit. Mm. Maybe too early, does he need to do that? Not really, but Rodlich, for someone who hasn't raced for a while, he's looking like Every bit on his top of his game, isn't he? It's interesting with Bagatchar, isn't it? Because yeah. if we're being really mean about him and the way he won last year, he got a bit of a tour around France for a lot of it anyway, yeah. in the back of Jumbo Visma. Yeah. He's not 
he was never going to be able to do that again this mm. year anyway. But he's been much more dynamic much yeah. earlier, isn't he? Yeah. And he doesn't need to. Mm. No. Yeah. It's, it feels like Pog and Rog are both keeping a bit of an eye on each other. I love it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah as long yeah. as it keeps them right up there, yeah. you know, as long as they, yeah, they see as long as they don't mark each other out and, yeah. and let someone else come through, that's not what they're doing. They're keeping an eye on everyone, but they're just making sure that they've got a tighter mm. eye on each other. Third and fourth on GC, Alaphilippe uh, still second. How long do we expect Van der Poel to hang on or how long can Van der Poel hang well, on to I mean, yellow for? I don't think it matters now, does it? Mm. You know, he, he, he saw that as his last opportunity to take it. Um, Day, two, three days, who knows? But um, Presumably after the time trial, we're going to see a different yellow jersey. I think maybe before then. You know, who knows? I mean, um, who knows at this stage? Who knows what can happen in the Tour de France with what's happened so far? I want to touch on Jumbo Visma just, just while I mean, we're mentioning... you were saying Geraint was going to take yellow off the time trial. <laughs> I was, yeah. I'm not so sure now. I, I think, oh, I think no. Roglic... Well, Jumbo Visma are surely the happiest of the teams at the moment because they haven't had... Well, it doesn't seem like they've had to put much in. They're not doing the same, attacking it in the same way mm. they did last year and, and sort of in that Ineos Team Sky kind of way and riding for the front can. and taking control it's of the race. It's too frantic. I don't know if they would be the happiest, though. I mean, I think they'd much rather be taking control. I think they'd much rather be riding together as they were yesterday before the crash, riding at the front, riding safe. They just don't seem to be able to do that. And how much of that is due to the fact that a number of their team had to be checked out medically yesterday? Obviously, Tony Martin took a terrible crash. Kreuzweg, I think, had to had to be looked over. Kuss had to be looked over. Um, Roglic himself as well. Um you know, the, 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 the murmurings from other teams is that they've been quite badly hit by all of this. They all did start today, which is good, but you've no idea how much they're suffering from all of this. We would have expected them to be doing a bit of a de Koenig and a bit of an Ineos mm. today, and they weren't doing that. I don't think that's through choice. I think that's because they couldn't do it. That's not to say that they won't regroup and be able to do that later in the race, but they want to be controlling this for sure. They want to be in the front foot all the way through this, and, and they, they're not right now. Do they have to yet, though? Because Roglic is, has shown that he's able to hang with the, the guys at the front, Hanging's no, no matter enough, what else though. is happening behind. Um, so, so this early on... I would have put Roglic as a quite possible for yesterday's stage. I would have put Roglic as a quite possible for today. He hasn't done that. That's not to say that that was a game plan. It's not to say that that's a failure in any way. I don't think that they won't be devastated by any means um, at the end of stage two. But I don't think he's as, um, as close to the top and as close in the time gaps as Yumba Visma would be entirely comfortable with right now. I think they'll be hoping for more. Not from him necessarily, but they'll be hoping the race goes a little bit better for them from here on in. And they'll definitely want to have a team, uh, you know, shepherding him around France, doing what they want to do, but doing it on their terms. Mm. And I don't think they are right now. Do you think it won't be helping Yumbo that Van der Poel's shining? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because you remember last year, all the supermarkets were putting up yeah. the stuff of Rolich and this and the jerseys and this. From from um, Pluga's point of view, yeah. it, would, would that be seen as an irritation that you're taking away from from our chance to win the tour this year? I mean, I guess in a way, it's good that it he's takes not in the Yumbo. pressure off a little bit, yeah. you know, because the Dutch have something to celebrate at the Tour de France, and it's not all down to him. He's on his own now. almost, isn't he? Yeah, he is side. absolutely. Yeah. Um, Roglic isn't Dutch. No. Um, there's always that. He's held in huge regard there. Jumbo Wiesma held with a lot of affection by the general public. I don't know that... Um, yeah, I mean, he'd much rather that the Dutch newspapers were all talking about uh, Jumbo Visma and how well they're how doing. How would the newspapers, do you think they'll start playing on it a bit? 
Um, not yet, not yet. They'll be too distracted anyway by the fact that Mathieu has won. They'll be distracted by the fact that Max Verstappen has won the yeah, Formula yeah. One. We had the Dutch MotoGP today. Mm. We've got the Netherlands playing in the Euros tonight. Mm. The newspapers have enough to keep them going for a couple of days. But if Jumbo Visma aren't doing very well after the time trial and yeah. starting to look like a threat, then then yeah, the pressure will start to come, I think. All right, we'll be back with more from the Bradley Wiggins show after this. The Bradley Wiggins Show is brought to you by Zwift, where fun is fast, but also unlocks performance. Brad, we use it in slightly different ways, well, very different ways. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of, of trying to beat my mates, not always successfully, as, as my mate Stephen and David will, will tell you. Uh, Ooh, Stephen and David. You're more of a fan of riding with your son. You ain't got any friends. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen and David, are they real people? <laughs> they are, yeah. <laughs> Well, they both use Swift. They couldn't have more generic names. <laughs> Who do you ride Swift with? My son, Ben. Yeah, we ride a little bit together on it. Um, I also done a fair bit with um, Le Col Cycling Club. That have, I've taken Swift classes, so I'm on their platform, and people can go into that, and I'm actually taking a class, like a spin class. So it's very good, and we do all different sessions on there, and it's really good. It's competitive for you. It's competitive for me. G's training plan, fun is flying uphill. Garrett Thomas, of course. It's a workout that focuses on improving your muscular endurance. Uh, of course, a pillar of any great time trialist, mountain climber, or stage racer uh, to help you deal with hard surges and improve your ability to fly uphill. As a, as a man who's tackled many a mountain, is it, is it something that you feel would benefit you even as a, if, if you were still a pro? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Geraint's testament to that. You know, just being able to get on there and, you know, depths of winter, January, February time, you know, the likes of Peter Sagan are on it and a few others. And, you know, just Geraint could be back in Wales and riding with Peter Sagan. It's, it's, um, it's great. And obviously you can't always get on the roads because it's icy and, and bad weather. But it's just so, you know, so inclusive. And like I say, my son has been on it at times when Sagan's on it and I've been on it when G's been on it. And it's, um, it's just it's a great world, you know, worldwide inclusive training tool. There's an awful lot to explore on there as well. Um, on the internet? Well... <laughs> On Zwift specifically. On Zwift specifically. Even, even if your mates aren't on there, or as you say, if, you, if, you're, like, if you're like me and you don't have <laughs> what if any Justin mates, Dave aren't on it? Um, there are, of course, group rides. There's a huge community uh, of both pros and amateur riders on there. From the 16th of July, there will be stages from this year's Tour de France on there. Plus, there will be Mercury Islands uh, with a Japanese feel. So even though geared up for the Olympics. A lot, well, a lot of fans won't be out there. Uh, yeah. a, a lot of people who would like to be out there, but they can feel like they are. Um, on Zwift. Yeah, and then I believe there's a free seven-day trial, isn't there, Graham? Absolutely right to point that out. There's a seven-day free trial, a special offer. Find out more on the app. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show. Brad Orler, stage one yesterday, we saw two huge crashes. The first one in particular caused by the fan um, stepping out into the into the road her cardboard sign catching Tony Martin. Tony Martin not seeing it until the last minute. Um, an awful lot has been said and written already with a little, well, with 24 hours of perspective. How are we feeling about it today? Because the, the fan in particular must be feeling absolutely horrendous. <laughs> Who cares what they're thinking? They're an asshole. I stand by it. I have no sympathy for them. No, you make, you know, you make mistakes in your life. You have to you know, take, accept responsibility and take the consequences. Don't run away. Yeah. They ran away, fled, mm. you know, stand there, you know, apologise to Tony, do what you have to do. But it's a shame, it's Tony Martin started getting the blame. Yeah, well, I thought that was, that was horrendous. So no, this I'd stand by what I said yesterday. Orla, you've got a bit of sympathy. 
I do have a bit of sympathy for the fan because what happens with these kinds of things, we're all horrified. And in the immediate aftermath, um, I'm cursing at the television and I'm and I'm screaming at that fan and saying, what on earth are you doing? And I'm devastated because you, I've got a tiny, tiny inkling of, of what goes into the preparation for the biggest bike race in the world with the Olympics coming up, its careers, its contracts, it's, it's an entire sport depending on the success of this race. However... Um, <laughs> I, would, I would have scarpered across that field a lot more quickly than she did. She was still hanging around when we were watching the, the team cars coming back, coming through afterwards. Um, she did a Homer Simpson to the bushes. Fall <laughs> <laughs> well, backwards into the into the bush into there, the hedge. There is a, um, a police search for her. as Yeah, well, the I thing understand. is, you see, Finister, Gendarmerie have put an appeal out for witnesses, and they've asked for. Anyone who knows this lady to come forward. The photo uh, foot looks a bit like Graham with a wig. <laughs> <laughs> We've caught him. We've caught She's him. Crime I've, been in, um, I've been in Bath the whole time. But, can you, but can you imagine being that lady? Unless, unless, not, not unless anything. Can you imagine truly knowing that the entire sport is looking for you? Is looking for you. Truly, though, it would be absolutely Tony terrifying. Tony Martin's a policeman. <laughs> well, he's a, a policeman. And a Tony Martin, I understand, has been getting a bit of blame yeah. from other riders in the peloton, which which sounds yeah. That's well, that's what, I mean. what I'm a hearing. A little bit unfair to me. Let's hear from Tony Martin now. We heard from him actually before the race today. Tony Martin, uh, let's start from yesterday's stage, uh, which what surprised us very much was that you didn't break at all. Uh, so you probably saw the lady right at the last moment, or or maybe you thought you could hit her without crashing. Yeah, somehow I saw the lady. I saw the sign, but last moment she she turned the sign into into the road. So, uh, yeah, for me, there was, was no time to react. Uh, it was really, the move was really unexpected and uh, yeah, still can't understand uh, how, how people can do things like that. Uh, I mean, we're here in a bike race and uh, not in a, in a circus where you, where you have to show any signs uh, to, the, to the cameras. How do you feel now? Actually, uh, I don't feel too bad. Um, the night was okay. Uh, I have no pain now on the bike. So I, I have to see now from day to day, but I hope I can recover. Uh, who worked hard, yes, harder yesterday? Maybe the doctor to put you once again fit for the stage or, or the mechanics to, to set all the bikes uh, for today? I think the mechanics had a longer night. Uh, there were a lot of bikes uh, that were completely broken. But yeah, also the doctor had, uh, had a lot of things to do and maybe also the next days uh, changing the, the bandages every day. So it's, it's not a nice start for Tour de France, uh, but uh, unfortunately uh, we are a bit used to it. Tony Martin, um, unfair that he's getting any sort of blame for this. It was so split second. So the, the uh, murmurings that I'm getting from uh, the race is that um, a number of the riders were annoyed. Um, because I guess Tony Martin has been involved in crashes before that have um, that have been damaging. I guess we, see, we saw Luke Rowe um, sort of have a, a, a dig at him. Of course, but they've got history. Ago, and then, of and course, then they were both kicked out of the race. Weren't yeah, they? Um, but a, a number of the riders that, that I understand anyway were were kind of shaking their fists and saying, "Not Tony Martin again." I heard from uh, at least one team boss who said that, um, I mean, called him blind, uh, which was it, team boss? I'm not going to say who that is. I, I protect my sources. <laughs> I know it wasn't Dave Brailsford. Um, but then Pluga. he's got a bit of a... It wasn't Pluga either. But if he goes, if he goes a, left, yeah. if he goes left in that situation, it, it, he's got 
he's got nowhere to go. He, he can't, can't go, go right anywhere. and he can't go left because you've got yes. other riders on his left and he's got any other I'm not saying it's Tony Martin's right. fault in any way for a start. I'm not a bike ra racer. I would have no idea. But you no said Dave Brailsford is. I, Dave Brailsford <laughs> did not say anything in my name. I didn't message Brailsford. You've got that um, first. That's a first here but, on the Bradley but, no, but this is where it gets complicated though, isn't it? And this is, I guess, this is why we get inter-team rivalries and inter-rider rivalries. And sometimes you'll see something that's really innocuous on in the road and, and riders shaking the fist at each other or having a big Barney and gesticulating and you've no idea where it's come from on that stage. But maybe it's come from three stages ago or three weeks ago or whatever it might be. This is where it all, this is where you get the rivalries on the road. Some people saying, Tony Martin should have been able to see it on time, that you could, that the barrier, that the banner was in front of the race with enough time to be able to maneuver. I've no idea how on earth you'd be able to get out of that. And I've looked at it a lot. So that's not to say that in the cold light of day, it would be that, but obviously riders um, who've been brought down in this, there were a lot of injuries and it was, you know, on, on commentary, they were saying at least it wasn't at high speed. I don't know what pace anybody else rides up, but on a normal human level, that was at a high speed. 36 Ks, I think, yeah. <laughs> which is enough. We had three DNFs yesterday um, and the most high profile DNS was Mark Soler, um, yeah. who fractured both arms and incredibly, and finished. incredibly yeah, finished yesterday's stage. Yeah. Yeah, he, so he, he fractured the radial heads and the left ulna. So radial, radial heads of both arms and his left ulna. Oh, sod. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And you still have sympathy for this woman? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no. I do, though. I do, though. No, separate. come forward. My, come my, forward. Sem my sympathy for the woman is separate Janet, come to... forward. <laughs> you'll, you'll be treated with care. Please come forward. Well, no, this is the thing, right? Because another team boss said to me, a different one said that, that he believed that this fan should come forward, present themselves to the media and, and act as an example proactively to other fans to explain why on earth you should not be trying to interfere with the race or being a little bit more careful. I would worry about that woman coming forward. I think a lot of people on social media have had time to maybe backtrack a little bit mm. and calls for her head have lessened really, yeah. slightly. Yeah. But she would get no end of abuse. And I don't envy that. I don't think any of us would want to be in that position. No, something and two that wrongs stupid. don't make a right no. either. So it doesn't it doesn't do anyone any good to go after her after the event. It's done. No, but if it's she done. came forward and said, look, I'm so sorry, you know, did a public interview, maybe. Who knows? But then she, she wanted to be famous. <laughs> you got she it, didn't necessarily. She wanted to say hello to her you want to be on parents. Telly? We'll yeah. put you on telly. So it's a very innocent thing to, to do, but just entirely it's in very, very, the wrong very, way. It just shows you the, the, the domino effect and consequences of, of mm. people's actions. And you were saying yesterday about educating people. There's a classic example here, isn't there? One thing I was thinking, actually, we, we talk about what can be done about all of this kind of thing, but I mentioned this off the show yesterday to you, Bradley. Um, often whenever a race is coming into a region, um, ASO will be posting leaflets through people's letterboxes. They'll be saying, this is when the roads are going to close, um, watch out for this, that and the other, here's what it's all about. I think maybe they should do a better awareness campaign. Certainly when you're going mm. to somewhere like Brittany, where the roads are notoriously narrow and windy yeah. and dangerous, that maybe it should be reinforced and, and hammered home Fans, watch out. You can damage people. You can destroy careers. And just raising awareness of that. You also have multiple cars coming through in the caravan before the race comes through itself with loudspeakers. I mean, it's it's difficult to even understand what people are saying in those megaphones. But, you know, a reminder to fans constantly, a reminder, stay back, stay back, let the race through. You don't get that. You no. know, I think raising awareness is something that is totally within ASO's control not necessarily to say that it would um, stop any of this happening in the future, but but there are steps that can be taken to remind people, don't be an idiot. Like the Green Cross Code Man video they used yeah, to show you Yeah, but it worked. 
Do not cross children. <laughs> that, is that a role for you, Brad? <laughs> well, why not? Why not? Don't be an idiot. Stand back. <laughs> Someone who would have been gloriously unaware of that until after the event would have been Ada Schelling yesterday, the Bora rider who, who took the King of the Mountains Ooh. jersey and then treated us to an early um, all-out sprint today. Mm. And a, 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 the a kind of sprint you do with Chaz and Dave on Zwift. The, well, <laughs> your mates, David and David. <laughs> Let's bring them back in, yeah. <laughs> David and David, are you real? Please contact the show. <laughs> um, but we saw a lone breakaway from him yesterday, and then we saw him um, in a in a w- rather wonderful fight with Anthony Perez, the yeah, confidence rider. Um, and, and sort of that had us up shouting at the TV early doors. Yeah, and it's a shame in some ways, that, you know, because... That, it, that that competition is always contested by, I won't call them lesser riders because that's quite disrespectful, but, you know, riders that aren't the best climbers in the mm-hmm. race, which is why they do that for the early success in the race, to have those jerseys. And that that competition has sort of gone that way over the years is the best climber doesn't normally win the jersey like a Quintana or something like that. But it's always been the chance in these first few days for someone to get the jersey. And, you know, sort of seeing them sprint out like that up the Category 4 thing, you know they're not going to be there in the high mountains when we hit them. Um it's it's sort of a separate race in itself and only contested by a few people that are mm. lucky enough to get in the break. But you see what it means to them and it's almost a nod to the club cyclists that do that week in, week <laughs> out. It's great, you know, because that's what everyone does on a weekend and, and that's why they love it so much. I have never been so excited by a King yeah. of the Mountain sprint before. Never. It was just all out, you know, an all out battle between the two of them. The grimaces on the faces, how much they were going for it and the delight when Edith Schelling crossed the line I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I'd love to see more visible, more obvious passion behind these the battle for these jerseys. And I think that would help to raise awareness of what the jerseys are because I feel like every year, everyone in cycling understands, obviously, what the polka dot and the green is all about. But outside of the sport, you've no idea these are no. even categories that you can win and how much more rich and complex this sport is and most people are even aware of. If we saw a few more dirty little, cheeky little battles like that trying to get one of these jerseys, then those are the kinds of things as well that pierce through the public consciousness and, and bring people into the sport. So I, I think it's good whenever riders remember that this is a sport, it's it's a it's a noble endeavour, but it is, to most of us, entertainment. Make it a bit entertaining. Give us a smile, give us a wink, give us something. You know, we're watching the TV for five hours, throw us a bone. <laughs> another, another. was the race benefited from it starting so early as well? Because I think the first categorised climb is after eight kilometres this year. So, yeah. I mean, usually the, the mm. KOM... Yeah, Jersey. maybe, yeah. I just think the whole race on the whole has just been, it's like this whole new generation of riders and it's been... Um, From the gun. Yeah, it's fantastic. I yeah. hope it continues like that. It's all the Dutchman, isn't it? Well, indeed. So he'll, he'll be looking after it, in fact, because Matthew van der Poel will be... But hopefully his, get, his KOM. But hopefully we get a blast from the past tomorrow. Competivity, I think, though, still, isn't it? He's got, he's got the competivity yeah. jersey, I yeah, think, yeah, he's yeah. telling. Also tomorrow... I mean, Brad, you almost segued into it there. Yeah. We, I mean, so it's it's the first, what we're expecting to be, the first proper sprint stage yeah. of the race. Um, so Lorient to Pontivy, uh, 182.7 kilometres. It will start to settle down for the peloton, um, which I think a lot of the riders will be grateful for after a, a real full gas first couple of days. Mm. Are we looking at Cav as, as, well, I mean, I, as the I, man for the, before, for the win? That stage win in the Tour of Belgium with the likes of the riders he beat there has what's sort of give us this hope but it, you know that, um, that he's still on his day possesses that speed to beat anyone in the world and why not you know and if the first two days or anything to go by and if we'd have written the script on friday how would it be 
Tomorrow would, you know, how that so would go. So if we're following the most romantic script <laughs> yeah. ever written at the Cav Tour de France. Cav wins number 31. <laughs> Cav wins tomorrow. Orla, what do you think? He's got stiff competition. Merlier, I think, crashed They've quite hard. They've got stiff competition with Cav. Mm. Yeah. This is what we got to I think on. what's really, really lovely to see with Mark Cavendish this year is that I remember writing this column for um, Metro newspaper a few months ago. I think it was in April, whenever he got that hat trick of wins, um, saying that wouldn't it be lovely to see him back at the Tour de France. Now, the amount of mansplaining that I got in return for that uh, on social media as to why he would never make the Tour de France team and this is why he won't win against the best in the world. Well, wasn't I just, in a very uh, smug way, uh, delighted? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, boys, this is, this is why all is here, not you. I was delighted when he got Job, his spot. Sport. Obviously at the expense of Sam Bennett, which is a huge shame, I think, even to the sprints. But, 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 he has shown, as you say, um, with his latest win in particular that he's not here for sympathy vote. He's not here because of the romance. He is here to win at least a stage of the Tour de France. And I would not bet against him yesterday, not only because he's in winning form, but he is someone, as you know well, Bradley, who thrives on positivity around him and belief around him. That is a team right now who are fully living up to their Wolfpack moniker. They've got a yellow jersey, but as you said, he's lost the yellow jersey now, so they've got nothing to lose in terms of going for, for Mark all out tomorrow. You look um, at his socials and all the pictures, yeah. how happy he looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely he happy. Looks, he's smiling, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a, you know, a shadow of the you know the guy we saw last year in tears. At the end he's of happy because he's on form. It's the form. No, the but form that's why he's first. on form, because he's yeah, happy. Yeah, it's intertwined, isn't it? Yeah. You know, he's in a happy, happy environment where he's respected and where he's got what he wants and he believes they believe in it. But, you know, I'm sure he's not on the sort of money that he would expect to be on as well. It's, you know, he went there at the last minute. Mm. You know, Patrick found the budget for him and we saw the talk about, um, you know, Sam wanting to leave the team and, you know, Almeida and that because of money. You know, Mark is the greatest sprint of all time, but he's not going to be on the salary that, that would maybe command that. Um, and he's took a lot of sacrifice to go to this team. And, and if he wins the stage tomorrow, I tell you what, after what he's been through the last few years, it, it's don't bear thinking about. We saw him stretching his legs in the intermediate sprint today as well. And he was riding on the front for Alaphilippe. Yeah. Keeping so, him up the front. Mark is, um, yeah. Will that, will that benefit Cav tomorrow, the fact that De Koenig Quickstep do not have the yellow jersey? Yeah, as well, yeah. For sure. Because they're not chasing too much. We saw the sort of inter-team rivalry last year with Julianne going for stages and Sam Bennett trying to defend Green and... You know, it's clear cut tomorrow now. It's almost like nothing to protect. everything's set for him. And the yeah. pressure's off them a little because they've they've done it. Mm. Alaphilippe's done it for them on the first yeah. on the first stage. Same with Alperson, pressure is off them. Pressure then is it on Lotte and Caleb Ewan? Lotte oh, yeah. have yeah. been very, very yeah, quiet yeah, yeah. for obvious reasons. I mean, neither stage has suited them so yeah. far with the riders they've got. But Well Alperson will ride tomorrow because they've got the jersey. Milio's in there, isn't he? He's riding for that team. Yep. Um so quick step will just line up second, you know. We're expecting to see Sagan feature. He mentioned Bora yeah, there. Of course. I think we'll expect to see him featuring. I'd be surprised if tomorrow was a sprint for him necessarily. I think on Caleb Ewan, um, wind always plays a factor, doesn't it? If there's a, if there's any kind of a headwind. Um, but he's obviously going for green this time around and he hasn't really gone for the intermediate sprints before, has he? He's won, I think, five stages of the tour, never won the green. Um, and that's a big part of how the green jersey is won. So I would argue that maybe the green jersey is a bigger target for him. He's won stages. He doesn't necessarily need it. He's not near a record like Mark is. Um, he wants to win a stage of each of the Grand Tours this year. Um, he's got he's to be in the mix. I would say Kilo Buen is the biggest threat tomorrow. Give us your pick if you had to if you had to choose one. Your winner tomorrow is? 
I know I want to win, but I'm not going to say it. I just I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the momentum of the momentous, and I'm going to say, Mark, I will not mm. be surprised for one fraction of a second if he crosses the line first tomorrow. All right. I'd better go. I'd better go with Brad and not say anything as well. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, brought to you by Zwift. Explore, train, and compete on the cycling app where fun is fast. Orla, thanks again for joining us. Worried about your voice, as I said before, yeah. before we uh, we started recording. Getting too excited, that's why. Well, are we all? <laughs> Brad, thank yeah, you. Thank you. Um, if we want to follow you both on social media, if we want to mansplain anything to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please jump on my socials. Let me know how cycling actually works. Because um, I don't have a penis. I, I am at Sports Orla. <laughs> <laughs> Great, we're on TV now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> this is the after dark version, isn't it? We're all right to say screen? that. <laughs> that's nothing to be ashamed of, boys. <laughs> well, Graham's got a penis to give him the <laughs> Brad, quick, give us your socials. So we go. So we go. Uh, at Graham Wilgos, if you want to share your thoughts, uh, you can follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you to our producer who, who may or may not be using the bleep button this evening, <laughs> Pete Burton. And finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, and rate us. All at Brad, thanks again. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.